you're telling me the breadth of impact, and I want to know the depth of impact. And a lot of times that has to be done through story. Let's go! You're telling, you're telling me the breadth of impact is a realization. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of On the Up and Up, an Upmetrics podcast where we talk about data, tech, social impact, and everything in between, and that connects those things. As usual, I am joined today by Maureen Coleman, my partner in impact, as we say. How are you doing, I'm excited to be here with you today, just... Um, speaking to some of our favorite topics and themes coming out of conference season. I guess that wasn't a great introduction for today's uh, episode, but that's what we're talking about. We're, we're coming off of a number of conferences and um, some key themes really emerged. And so you and I wanted to talk about those. So here we are. Yes, absolutely. This is a special episode, a mini-sode, as we call it here at Upmetrics. Um, and and like Mo said, we are going to be talking about just some of the things that we learned coming out of conferences and the the several that we went to. I know we definitely didn't hit all of them, but we went to a few and uh, excited to kind of distill it down on, on what Mo and I found. I'll also say, wow, conference long. days are really long. <laughs> it's like it starts early you get there for breakfast and it's just right you know meeting after meeting you have sessions that you're going to uh and then you know it seems like everybody has events in the evenings and they're stacked on top of each other and you get back to your hotel at like 10 30 11 and you try I, to get some sleep before it, you do it I, all again that's right that's but what i will like say to me anyways two things number one it was surprisingly invigorating, energizing, inspiring, all those things to see people in person and so fun. Some of the guests um, on on the up and up, we met for the first time in person, which was really fun and just other friends and clients and yeah. just colleagues in the space. And so all of that was great. Um, the other thing that is just worth mentioning is how many people mentioned the podcast to me and that they would say things like, oh, I didn't know you played basketball <laughs> in college. And I was like, how do you know that? And they said, well, because I've been listening to On the Up and Up. And I was equally mortified and also very excited. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Like, we're just all assuming that it's just our families listening to this. But we actually, you know, our friends in the space are listening to it. And we, I feel like Mo have been a transparent in our lives i would say in some of our opening dialogues with each other we've definitely talked about some things our past our our current situations as parents so um i i also liked that people were mentioning the podcast too it makes me feel like yeah, we're connecting with people which is really cool. hopefully a, a gap a need for this kind of important discussion in in the impact investing space so all that to say, um, 
Definitely. We're having fun with this and we'll keep it going. And it was great to hear from people that, as Kyle said, it's not just our moms listening. Um, should we, should we get into the, should we get into it? Okay. So why don't we kind of, love to. uh, I know a lot of these are things you and I have reflected together, but I feel like Kyle, you're the one who really put pen to paper, uh, on this stuff. So Kyle, tell us a little bit about in general coming out of the, the conferences and maybe we should mention that the, the, there are, there are more, but uh, metrics had representation at the gin, uh, so cap and, um, Kyle, you also kind of ducked down in that, in that week, you went to opportunity finance network in New York too. So, um, looking back on all those, can you talk a little bit, Kyle, about in general, how do you feel that the sector has evolved in terms of sort of their perception around impact management and measurement in general and what that should look like and, and how that has evolved over recent years. Yeah, definitely. I could probably spend a decent chunk of time just going through sort of the unique conversations coming out of each of the conferences, but I'll do my best to distill it down more generally and uh, be a little more overlap between the conferences. And I I think it was also neat because we got to not just listen and hear, but also lead in some of the conversations on this topic of impact measurement and management, which were pretty exciting. And, you know, we got to hear from some of our partners, but also some folks that we haven't really connected with and kind of get their perspective. Um, and, and coming out of it, I think there's, there's six themes that, that really emerged across this space that, that I identified and, uh, that I'm looking forward to to sharing today. And the first one, which I think is really positive, is just this idea that strong impact measurement and management capabilities are starting to be perceived as necessary, where I feel like historically they've been more so perceived as a nice to have or sort of like a niche category that some folks took seriously and others said, you know, we'll get to that when we can, or that's a confusing topic for us to <laughs> dive into and we really don't have the time or resources to do it. So that was that was really positive of like this whole sector of impact measurement and management is moving into a more mainstream category. And I think that that transcends not yeah. just nonprofits and foundations, obviously that have done that historically, but now in impact investing, you've seen the the private thematic uh, funds that have some have done this really well. And then there's now others as more funds are emerging that this is starting to be ingrained in like their core right. DNA as a fund and getting established from the get go versus, you know, a reactive thing that's done down the line right. when they just want to raise capital. And I, yeah. I think that's really positive. Um, and, and it's in line with what we're hearing fund managers say is this capital's being deployed to have a measurable impact. And the only way that you can really prove that is right. to actually measure. Um, yeah, I, th- I think too, it, it's worth mentioning just because it, it is sort of noteworthy. Um, there are still the kind of naysayers, if you will, who will say, well, if, if we're 
putting resources towards impact management and measurement, you're taking resources away from the real impact or the, the communities that we wish to serve, all those things. And, and I actually want to just like appreciate that perspective as one that makes those of us that are in the world of impact management and measurement, like always trying to be better, right? And, and um, come at this work with real intentionality, thoughtfulness, um, a, and attention to not taking resources away from what really matters and having this all go towards really with the end goal of um, driving meaningful impact and facilitating learning and collaboration and all of those things. So um, I just think it's worth mentioning that. I, I think it's a great point. Um, I think it's, it's worth acknowledging that perspective. I think that there is some validity in a sense. Uh, but I also feel like it, as an industry, like we have to learn from that perspective, but also, you know, defend what this work is doing. And uh, when you think of measurement in, in any other space, like just within investing, you know, financial measurement, there's not really this argument that, oh, we're wasting money to, uh, you know, measure financial performance and, and take it even a step further. You know, I'm sure there's companies that are complaining right. that they have to hire third party auditors to validate financial statements and things like that. But right. it's also right. very important that as a society, we do that for certain reasons that have been highlighted over decades and right. some bad actors. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's no one really arguing with that aspect of it. And yet here we come to impact measurement and management. It's like, well, that's taking away from the impact because there's less resources to do good in the world. But the argument is if you aren't measuring, how do you, right. how can you make sound decisions to well, maximize and impact? And so, so sorry, just I think as a sector decisions and also sharing learnings, right? That's what I always come back to. Like if, if X is outperforming Y and they're both trying to solve for the same challenge, not in like an accountability perspective, but like let's allocate more resources towards X because we're all here to ultimately drive positive change. And if it, so, anyways, it's um, sorry I cut you off. Well, you you led me into my second theme, which uh, which is great. So that was that was perfect, Mo. Around um, you know the the definitive value that I think the ecosystem is seeing in yeah. the ability to share data among stakeholders as well as peers, which I think that last part is really interesting, right? Of within impact investing, we've already talked on this podcast, how investing itself is a competitive landscape. You know, you're trying to outperform from a financial perspective to attract capital and things like that. And there certainly is that within impact investing, you want to outperform financially. You want to also outperform from a, impact measurement standpoint. But I think there's also a connecting tissue, which is the impact side of it, which is you want to learn and you want to align. And in in a lot of instances, those deploying capital have similar goals of what they want to see for society and, you know, better right. for outcomes for people and planet. And so there is this, this, you know, validity and desire to share data right. among your peers that even though they may be competitors financially, they are 
co-conspirators, right. I guess you could say, and trying to to address some of these social challenges. Yeah, I it's think funny. That that's really interesting. You know, some, a question we've asked uh, before is 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 impact investing more competitive or collaborative in nature the, at the sector as a whole? And I think um, obviously we're all competing from a return standpoint, but at the end of the day, I do think there's more of a willingness to collaborate and share and learn with and from each other. And, and, and kind of leads into how tech can play a role in that, hopefully to make it easier to do that work. So I think that's positive and inspiring. Um, and yeah. Absolutely. I, it, and I, I also think it boils down to, you know, an abundance versus scarcity mindset. If you have an abundance mindset, that competitive aspect is minimized, I would say, because you're not competing for dollars because you think right. that there's a ton of dollars on the sidelines that you can attract. And so um, you're more focused on the collaboration side. But if you do have a scarcity mindset, and I'm, I'm not about to go into a conversation on which one is better, but... Um, if you have that scarcity mindset, probably that competition is going to be the dominating factor in terms of right. keeping your framework to yourself, your data to yourself, and and right. really using it as a competitive advantage. Um, what I'm saying, I think, is that I think there's a there's a healthy dynamic right. of both out there, and you know, I'm I'm casting broad strokes across the ecosystem. Different players view it differently, but um, I just the sheer fact that there is uh, some groups willing to share their data with peers, I think Absolutely. is an encouraging side. Um, Kyle, let's, so yeah. And that's the second great, one. The These are all great. Um, let's, the, this next one that we're going to talk, touch on is, is a recurring theme and one that we first spoke about on our episode zero around the question of standard versus customized metrics and so what are you hearing out there in, in in conversations coming out of these last couple weeks yeah i i encourage our listeners if if you're interested in kind of the dynamics behind standardization versus customization i would encourage you to go back to our episode zero i don't want to kind of rehash all the the pros and cons of of each but in terms of the theme, I think we're hearing a hybrid approach is yeah. the preferred method uh, uh, more generally. And, and that is some standardization, which enables comparability and benchmarking and things like that, but also being able to humanize the data, I would say, from a customization standpoint, knowing that there's different business models for portfolio companies and funds and um, different theories of change that organizations have employed in their work of how to actually create measurable impact. And so not forcing those standardized metrics on them across the board, I think is something that a lot of funds, if not are fully sold on that they're experimenting with and, and seeing what that looks like. And so that hybrid approach, um, seems to seems to be taking hold across at least the the private thematic impact space private capital thematic impact space and and i think that that's really 
positive because when you have exposure to both standardization and customization, you're going to kind of see what makes the most sense. And if it's, if it's me kind of projecting forward, I think that that hybrid approach is actually going to be here to stay for, for quite some time until there's enough standardized metrics where you don't have to feel like you're throwing things away in in achieving, you know, standardized outcomes. Like if there's enough variability of standardized metrics, which no matter what you're working on, that there's like a yeah. standardized data set that you can choose from, I think then we'll start to see just flat out straight standardization. But that takes time. It takes a lot of data sets and we're just not quite there right. as an ecosystem yet. Yeah, I I I I think you uh hit the nail on the head with that and and agreed it, there's a lot more in episode zero for anyone who wants to dive into that particular theme. Um, let's. I'm just waiting for you to disagree I, with me I, now. I, That's what, <laughs> if that ever happens, I, I feel like you and I have a very similar outlook. So well, it, it may I'll be few and far between to... for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to pressure me and, and uh, really challenge me. Um, yeah, no, and and I'm I'm sure our listeners have some thoughts as well. And if uh, these themes that I'm I'm playing out and talking about, if if you have thoughts on them, we'd love to hear that. So feel free yeah. to send your questions in. And you know, as we do these minisodes going forward, maybe we can dive deeper into each one of these um, as they come up. But uh, as we move on, so we've talked about three yeah. themes. Uh, let's go to the fourth, which is really around technology. And I think the theme here is that technology either plays a major role or is supposed to play a major role, but that there needs to be more synergy Mm -hmm. within technology. So I think, you know, I don't even know about this analogy, but (laughs) if if you have, you know, a lot of these technologies taking root, like almost like in a garden and they're all kind of like sprouting out, but I think that there needs to be some connectivity uh-huh. between the root systems to like really create a viable technology sector that is supporting impact well. And we'll get into some of the factors in my sixth theme here around how that plays out for the ecosystem. But I think there is what I'll call yeah. technology fatigue in some ways of there's so many groups that are on so many systems and I don't think the actual number of systems is the problem. It's just the fact that there's replication that needs to happen across those systems and it's draining on resources and it's redundant and it's not efficient. Um, and so with technology supposedly, you know, playing that role of creating efficiencies and synergies, I think that behind the scenes, the need for those technologies to speak to one another and to help facilitate greater data sharing and data management, impact management practices is something that the sector needs to embrace. And I think one way that that meaningfully plays out is in partnerships. And so I, 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 I'm excited to see where the tech sector goes, obviously at, at Upmetrics, we're always looking for partners in the space of how do we, lower the burden on those providing data? How do we make it more efficient and more valuable for all stakeholders uh, around data? And 
we're going to continue to have those discussions and hopefully we'll be working with partners that feel similarly about this need for, for tech to be more synced up behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, I um, agree with all that was said. I will say, and I know this isn't really what you were getting at specifically, but um, we're hearing about more and more analytics platforms for impact focused organizations popping up and one thing that was interesting, I think we, we reflected, Kyle, that there weren't a lot of folks, direct competitors of metrics present at these conferences, at least in, in a way that we could really see, um, which I, you know, I'm always looking to learn and, and connect with folks that are doing this work. So um, there were people sort of that, that, that we might collaborate with, you know, 60 decibels as one example. They're, they're an obvious um, collab, someone we would collaborate with as opposed to compete with. And, and, and just as, an, as one example, it was great to be with them, but I, I expected to see more um, players out there that we would have a chance to meet with, learn from all those things. Yeah. On the competitive side. Yeah, I, yeah, to, to, to put a bow on that, good point, Mo. Uh, I agree with you, and I don't know if it was necessarily absolute representation or if, you know, right, obviously, right. maybe we just weren't looking for it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure either way, and, and it probably varied from conference to conference, but I agree with I heavily agree with the last part of your, your statement of like, we're always trying to learn in this space. And I know I even hesitate using that word competition because like, I do think we're striving for similar things from an outcome perspective of why we built up metrics and what we're looking to do. Uh, but I, I agree with you, like getting on the table, having that abundance mindset, spoiler right. alert, that's that's where I come from. And so being able to think right. through that and talk through best practices. And, and again, this right. specific theme of like exactly. the role that tech is supposed to play, I think that exactly. happens sitting at the table together. And so um, I, I'm glad you brought up that point. I hope if others are out there, you know, we'd love to have those conversations whenever. Um, and And again, coming with that, Right. that mindset of wanting to learn and, and just be the best exactly. that we can be um, out there. Um. <laughs> that was like the most like general, be the best we can be. What a, <laughs> what a great phrase. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's, and this, well, this I, we got two more. Kind of unless you can push up. through we, these. We to just make mentioned this 60 decibels and it was great to be with them at the conference. I'm kind of jumping in here, Kyle, but I, I think this is my favorite one. Well, this is your and favorite one. one You're I, always talking about this. So I'm just so glad is, is becoming more and more sort of mainstream amongst the impact investing vertical that qualitative data is important. And as best we can treat that as another source of data with the utmost respect and, and thinking through how do we elevate voice of the beneficiaries of this work? Um, Again, shout out to 60 decibels was great to be with Lindsay and the team. Um, and, but, but we're, I'll just say, I, I'm glad that, um, 
I'm glad that our partners in the philanthropic sector really pushed us in this area. And, and that's why we're in a position now to support our partners who are thinking about qualitative data in addition to quantitative and wanting to really um, not only think through how you collect both of those data sources, but ultimately integrate them to tell a more complete story. Um, and in addition to that, as this, like I said, is mainstream, I'm, I'm just grateful to hear more and more voices talking about the importance of um, hearing from those that are in the that are that are in the field and the communities that we ultimately aim to serve. So, I'll say an amen to that. That was spot on, Mo. So, Great. yes. End of theme. end of end of Rap, theme. Take us home. <laughs> this one end of theme. Um, important I'm saying, and a doozy. And this one's oh, a doozy. Gosh, do we have do we have time for to really get into this, or do we need another mini <laughs> I we this probably will be one that re requires another mini but I think it's we'll we'll need to do our research. Uh, to kind of provide some more data behind this. But I'll just say for our audience, something that came up, I'm sure a lot of folks have either experienced this or are in the throes of it right. or are asking the same question directly. But a big question that emerged was who, who pays for all this work? Who's responsible for covering the costs associated with impact measurement and management? And obviously that question is coming from uh, a pain point, I guess you could say, is as far as high costs, you know, not having bandwidth within budgets to cover this cost, at least at scale. And so I think, you know, within the sector, especially as we're talking about like standardized metrics and we're talking about more capital being deployed, obviously the impact measurement and management piece scales with that or should, should scale with that work. And so there's there's increasing costs. I, I think, you know, there's, there's multiple levers that you can pull on here. And I think there is that question of who covers it. And I think that there's, there's also the question of how much should this cost? And, and those are two distinct questions. And I think depending on the second question, it, it relays into the first question. Um, and so the second question being how much should this cost? And I think there is an element within you know, impact measurement and management. I talked a little bit about the synergies of tech, but where you can create those synergies and not necessarily minimize the number of systems, but just accelerate the efficiencies at which those systems can connect to each other and share information. So there isn't these manual processes by which data needs to be cleaned and synergized and things like that, that can really decrease the cost just from a pure time and hours perspective, which I think that got cost savings will be shared across everybody. So I think there's, there's stuff to do there um, right. from a ecosystem standpoint. And then in terms of who pays for it, there are arguments to be made across the, what I call the investment life cycle, but you have those kind of doing the work on the ground that are what I'll say, providing the data up. And then you have sort of the aggregators, the intermediaries, which are generally compiling the information, distilling it, aggregating it where possible and then disseminating that information to um in the impact investing right. vertical the the end investors that are want to kind of see this data and the capital at work and there's arguments to be made that that everyone should be 
covering the cost, so to speak, of of this work. And I think therein lies the answer of having shared responsibilities in terms of costs is a very intriguing model. Obviously, there'll need to be some work in how that gets streamlined and operationalized at scale. But I think it is worthwhile for all participants to have skin in the game, so to speak, with this with this work and and helping to to cover some of those costs and having just a real mindset of that this work is necessary. Going back to our first theme, it, it is a very necessary thing to do. And so we need to allocate resources for it. And we also need to understand that getting high quality data isn't necessarily the cheapest route either. Um, if you're going to get real accountable data from the source and also an, an expectation that as this ecosystem evolves, we're going to have not just impact measurement and management, but impact validation and assurance that is probably going to be the next wave that comes in, which is going to be an additional cost um, associated with this work. And so, again, I think there's a yeah. mindset shift that needs to come in this sector that we haven't seen yet, but is definitely necessary. And when you look at IMM as like a percentage of the, the dollars deployed, it's, it's really minimal. Uh, but yet it's such a grind to get folks on board with what this work takes and to do it well, because I'll say bad data is is not helpful in this space and can often be hurtful. And so we need to get better about the types of data and be willing to make the investments uh, across the table in, to getting this work done well. That's my riff on it. I love it. I agree with everything you said. I could expand on it with um, specific examples, but I think um, at the end of the day, what you're describing is what everyone wants. And um, now it's a matter of kind of putting, aligning everyone around that and, and figuring out a way to sort of um, just get going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and be the best we can be, so right? <laughs> as the, as the, the, I know I sound like a, a terrible infomercial. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, with those six themes, those were things that, that popped up consistently. There were obviously one-offs here and there that came up in conversations that were super interesting, but I'll again, throw this out to the audience as something we'd love to have a dialogue about. So if, as you're attending conferences, as you're having these conversations, if you're seeing themes, yeah. we'd love to hear about those. If you're seeing things differently than we are, we want to hear that perspective. So let us know. Uh, and with that, I think we can, I think we can wrap I up think, this mini show. What, what, what do you I'm think, Mo? What I'm going to say is I hope that when we come back a year from now, coming out of these same conferences, we'll have new themes to discuss. I mean, as one example, we recorded episode zero four months ago, right? And and this stuff takes time and it takes dialogue and 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 all of those things, but would would love to see some real change. So we'll we'll see what happens. Well thanks for sharing That's... your themes with me, Kyle. <laughs> You're welcome, Mo. Um, yeah, this was fun. 
Okay, let's get back 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 to work. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone. You have been listening to On the Up and Up, a podcast from Upmetrics. Upmetrics is the analytics platform for impact-driven organizations. Upmetrics empowers its partners to collect, analyze, and share data to foster learning and drive greater impact. By blending quantitative data with qualitative insights, powered by our tech and team, Metrics is elevating the impact ecosystem and connecting organizations in their pursuit of lasting change. You can learn more by visiting upmetrics.com.